Luke and Gilmer are honest and un unapologetically Catholic without acting like people they aren't. They discuss topics that are relevant in a way that is inviting and, and without compromising orthodoxy. Thank you so much for this podcast, which consistently challenges me to be more merciful while simultaneously making me laugh out loud at work. I can't recommend this production highly enough for anyone and everyone. They truly invite all of their listeners into their lives, even when it is tough and intensely personal. Seriously, guys, binge listening to your podcast for the last few weeks has been a boost to my spiritual life and a constant joy. Thank you so much, and I look forward to the future. April 29th, 2017, by Football 71. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you and welcome to uh, the third of our two-year anniversary episodes. <laughs> we had Nathaniel, uh, whose last name is redacted. He evoked the Lucan privilege. Um, we had Nathaniel on for our 200, or our second, I keep wanting to say 200, our uh, second anniversary episode, which is fitting because though he was on the peripheries of our friends, he very much uh, was a, like in the college experience while we were at Franciscan. And then um, after that, we had Arlene, our first interview, now brought back to interview once again, uh, which was the last show, our most down, our two most downloaded shows of all time. Yeah, I mean, how that, about then? That's pretty exciting. I don't know about you, Luke. You like to read the iTunes reviews. I like to monitor the numbers every single day. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. I like to read the iTunes re reviews. You like to write Facebook statuses about the downloads. <laughs> there are, if only I wrote a Facebook status for every time I actually looked at it. Because <laughs> I, at first, I probably checked them once, once an hour. Now it's about three to five times a day. Really? Yeah. Golly, man. Golly. But I do want to say, bribing our listeners, the mercenaries that they are, uh, works like a charm because I just hit um, to pick out our Facebook winner. Facebook winner is Marlo Justice. Marlo, that's a cool name. Marlo Justice. Marlo Justice in the University of New Mexico. She's bringing out her own brand of justice. It's called Marlo the... Justice. <laughs> Marlo Justice. <laughs> she bats her huge eyes at you and you die. She has really big eyes. She has really big eyes in her Facebook picture. Uh, Hopefully she's not. She's not like sensitive about that or anything. You just told six thousand people. <laughs> I mean, she's got big, pretty eyes. Isn't having big eyes a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't. God, know. I don't know. I don't know, man. If anything of my work <laughs> with teenagers has taught me anything, it's that don't ever assume that what you think isn't going to offend a person <laughs> isn't going to offend them. Well, when I discovered the world of pregnant women, I quickly found out that it's not good to praise how huge they are. <laughs> I literally thought every pregnant woman wanted to hear that because I meant she had a big, healthy baby inside. Turns out, a uh, little body struggles there, and uh, <laughs> women hate that. So when I said, you look like a beach ball with toothpicks, meaning because she's thin, her legs, <laughs> but she was very large, she did not approve of that. And my sister-in-law hasn't spoke to me since. 
<laughs> and it was on our wedding. <laughs> I was going to ask you who it was. And then I thought, no, we are recording this on a Thursday night. I don't want Gomer to have to edit that out. Luke, <laughs> Luke, just... Luke, we're inviting people into our brokenness. We're inviting – this is voyeurism. But I, I just want to say, Facebook um, – so when we started this campaign um, in mid-April to the end of April um, – we had – it's so funny when you look at the Facebook analytics because it literally looks like a, a tsunami. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll like your stupid page. And then it's like, oh, we're doing a contest where I get free things. Ooh, do, do, like do, do, do. And it's just like <laughs> just, just this beautiful diagonal line up. Um, so we got like 65, 68 more likes in the last two weeks than we have in the last two months. Oh, man. Luke, hey. so you know what this means? Every 10 episodes, engage in our mercenary love. It's true. Question, what's 1 plus 68? Uh, oh. <laughs> Luke, Luke, you just took this to Family Guy territory. You just took this to Family Guy territory. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so, so. stupid. I know. Thank you. Thank you for it that. It was just right there. And I was like, don't say it, Luke. Don't say it, Luke. But then I was like. Come on, you know you're going to. I was like, <laughs> good point. <laughs> good, good point, Luke. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> and uh, I want to congratulate our Patreon winner, uh, Ian Luden. Ian Luden pledged. Yeah. Uh, uh, you could pledge any dollar amount. It didn't matter. You can pledge as minimum as one dollar, maximum of. Uh, actually, you can pledge any dollar amount you want um, on Patreon. I discovered this because Ian actually pledged eleven dollars, and I oh, said, "Thanks, buddy." And I said, "I didn't know you could do that." He goes, "Well, you can." Go in and you can modify your pledge. And I added a dollar so I would stand out. And it's funny because I, it's not like I'm sitting there being like, whoa, who stands out here? It was – I took all the names of people that registered within that time frame. We went back and forth, and, uh, and uh, I randomly dropped my hand down on, on the collection of names. So Ian Luden for, is our Patreon winner. Um, Marlo Justice is our Facebook winner, or Eustace. And football 71. Football, football 71. 71. Yeah. So you know what's hard about football 71 is, is we, need to make, we need to make sure that we get the, that we get the so, right football. Uh, he or she who is football 71, I'm going to guess it's a he, uh, contact us on the Facebook page or just hit us up on, on Twitter or one of our Twitter accounts or whatever. And uh, you and you have all won a free copy of Matt Fratt's the porn the uh, porn myth. So thank you to Matt and the good people at Ignatius Press. Yeah, we haven't uh, Matt. I talked with them yesterday because or two days ago because I haven't received the books yet via mail. So once they get mailed to my address, I will send it out and I'll include um, some catching fuckers. <laughs> Did you say catching foxes or catching adverse? I said catching fockers <laughs> instead of foxes. That's awkward. Catching foxes. What, what about me? Could could you milk me? Yes, yes, I could. Anywho, moving I along. Nipples. Moving along, Mister Fokker. Uh, I know, I know, but I'm. I, f- I just want to finish this damn opening part. <laughs> you will That's... get, you will get the book, and you will get a catching foxes sticker, and maybe uh, a little audio recording of Luke doing his best Robert De Niro from Meet the Fockers or uh, Meet the Parents. <laughs> what about me? Could you milk me? What about me, Greg? I got nipples. Uh, I feel like I feel like that was his last great movie. Yeah, are we calling that great? Uh, the first one I thought was really fun. Uh, Meet the parents? No, I thought that 
Meet the Fockers was stupid, but to meet the parents, that was fine. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. You didn't like it? Uh, not really. No, I mean, I did, but I wouldn't call it great. Anywho, Luke, we're getting distracted. We have so much to do, and I want to go to bed at a decent time. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? Can I tell you what I'm doing tomorrow? Yes, yes, please do. I'm going to the National Catholic Bible Conference. Oh, cool. Go on. And you know who's going to be there, Luke? (laughs) Uh, Scott Hahn. Nope. That's all I got. Jeff Cavins. You're going to tell that? Never mind. Tell <laughs> say, that. It, say, it, every time. say it. He's going to tell the story about when his dad punched him. I, I, if he doesn't, I'm going to write that in the review. I promise you now, if they give us re- like, like critiques at the end of the thing, I'm going to be like, I could have swore Jeff was contractually obligated to talk about his dad punching him. <laughs> it's, um, it's probably like a horrible story from his life. And I'm, <laughs> well, of it's course just... it's a horrible story from his life. His dad <laughs> punched him. It's my newfound faith. My dad did something that night that he's never done in his, in, ever before or since. He, he hauled off and he hit me and knocked me down. And there I was, lying on the floor in my closet. I looked up at him and I was just crying. And I said, why? Why? I know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, man, every time I see Jeff Cavins, he tells that story. How many times do you see Jeff Cavins? Twice. <laughs> oh, my was, goodness. No, this is horrible. The, You've deceived was, me, Luke. It was over the span of like, no, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. That's it was over the weekend. No, it was over the span of like 15 or, t- or 20 years. And then like once or twice on TV, I heard him t- t- talking about it. And I, and, I, and I just remember having the thought, does, does he have any other stories? I don't know. It's okay. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I don't have anything against Jeff Cavins. It's just I've heard the story a lot. He's a beautiful man. Much like my wife is a beautiful woman, Jeff Cavins is a beautiful man. Jeff, so apparently that means that Jeff Cavins ages well. Yeah, my wife has not aged. No, she ha- it's kind of crazy. It's, it's kind of creepy because it feels like I'm dating a girl in college. When I'm married to her, I should not have said dating. Damn it. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who is a Patreon supporter. Let me just end this segment by going through all the people that I didn't get to mention last time. So, Mary Ann Van Atta. Thank you, Mary. Oh, she, I think I know her. That's awesome. Joe Hodges. That's really cool. Joe Hodges. I don't know Joe, so, but thank you, buddy. Uh, we got Jacob Francois. Jacob. Uh, and then we got Francis. Now, Francis, here's the thing. Me and Francis did a Cove Crest together. He was my musician. He is an, an amazing speaker and musician. And I'm, I'm going to butcher his last name, even though because of Catching Foxes, we've kind of started chatting a little bit more. And he's, he's been, he listened to my Soul of the Apostolate reflections. Here's the thing. You're a bad friend, so it's fine. Yeah, but listen to his last name. If I, Okay, it's, it's probably Spanish, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. How would you pronounce this last name? C-A-B-I-L-D-O. Cabrido. Say that again? Ah, that's, that's as good as I can do it. Now, as an American looking at that, I would say Cabildo. <laughs> Cabildo. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Luke? Cabildo. <laughs> right? So it's probably like, but double L's is is the Y sound. <laughs> <laughs> Cabildo. I don't know why. 
But yeah, just, you know why. Just, you you know put why. it. No, of course I know why. But anytime you put like a <laughs> microphone in front of me and I think of headphones, I immediately just turn into a four-channel boy who just laughs at the things that I think are just so funny. <laughs> and then our award winner, Ian Luton, Bradley Dude. Stiver, Bradley. Cla- Claire M. Reed. Thank you, Claire. My boy, JC. JC. Or, or my girl. It's all just says it's JC. Uh, and then I'm skipping over this person because she only gave us $2 and thus doesn't get mentioned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so $5. But you, we, thank you anyways. Yes, we do thank you, Queen. You know who you are. Uh, $5, Hugh Mackin. Hugh Mackin. And then uh, yesterday we had two people. One man named Ryan and uh, Michael Williams. Good people. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I really, like, honestly, to all the people who are supporting us on, on Patreon, what, what blows me... Away the most. Oh, we thank God. You said away. Go on. <laughs> don't you remember that from Demolition Man? That scene in Demolition Man? I, I've actually never seen Demolition what? Man. What? Oh, my gosh. My mom should never have let me watch it so many times yeah. when I was a little kid. I watched parents, it all the time. My parents actively made sure I could not see any of the really cool <laughs> movies until I was about uh, 16. Have you seen Robocop, the original? No. Holy Any shit. of the real violent films from the 80s or the uh, early to late 90s that were not on TV, I have not seen. What? And I, by that, I mean like uh, Tango and Cash and uh, things that were not like not yeah. HBO. OK, so I'm coming up to see you. It's a, you do realize that's next week, right? Yes, I have my plane tickets. Okay. <laughs> I need to talk to you about that. I'm coming up. I'm coming up on a Wednesday because the conference oh, starts at like 7.30 a.m. I'm going to uh, Catalyst Cincy. Do you guys like it when people call it Cincy? I mean, sure. It's, 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 I, don't, it's, I don't think it's as, um, as annoying as when people call San Francisco SF or San Fran. That drives me nuts. What about, what about when people call Atlanta Hotlanta? No, I think that is uh, completely fine, uh, especially <laughs> if your name rhymes with Ron Baraldi. I've heard you're a big, big fan of that. So, Especially if your name sounds like uh, spaghetti and meatballs. These are inside jokes. Why are we doing them, Luke? <laughs> We're doing it's it. funny because it's funny to us. <laughs> uh, this will get edited out. Don't worry, people. Um, I'm really excited. Okay, so we have a show today, but we don't know what we're going to do because yesterday we did a wonderful show with the guys from The Crunch. Uh, their mommies let them out. They let them stay up late because uh, they're 12. And uh, we recorded a podcast with them. It was a lot of fun. Um, but we had some audio difficulties. I just broke the news to Patrick. I feel so bad. Um, he's like, what did I do? And I said, actually, I think you're cool. Uh, we had some other audio problems. But it affords me more time to work through the audio. And me and you get to have a show. We haven't had a show, Luke. We haven't had a show. We I haven't know. had, We've had a show this. in a while. Yeah, because when we had Arlene, it actually wasn't. It was. It was really uh, just more supposed to be Arlene as like a third co-host. Not so much an interview. We're just gonna because we, we were gonna do ten minute topics with her. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. But anyhow, and then I wasn't there. And behind the scenes are exciting to no one. <laughs> so what are we doing today, Luke? You're in charge. So okay, I've got a few things. I got a few things to leave. I got, a few, I got a few things too. You go first. You're 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 in charge. I got a few ideas. I've got a bunch of ideas. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, and I've muted Luke. Anywho, <laughs> I want to so talk about you, my new haircut. Do you know what's really uh, kind of cool? 
just this is the only time I'm going to take to really reflect on the past two years. But when I pull up Skype, for the most part, what I'm able to look at is a bunch of our past guests. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's just kind of cool. Like, yeah. honestly, there's Joey Jojo right there. There's Arlene. There's Arlene Spenceley. There is James Martin. There is like Leodaro. Uh, Father James oh, Martin. He's ordained. Sorry. Father James Martin. It just said James Martin in his thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't say his Skype name. That's private. No, I didn't say Skype name. It know, just I'm has just their name. I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, do you, okay, so like, what do you do when a priest introduces himself to you but doesn't have the word father in front of that? Does that throw you off at all? It, it throws me off, but I immediately put the, I never in my entire life will address a priest without saying father. Yeah, I'm with, the same way. Father Paul Acosta. I grew up with him. He is, I consider him to be, even though I don't have a lot of face, I'm one of my best friends. Lifelong friend. I, I love this guy to death. I will Ooh. always call him Father Paul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will never, I will, it, it took me, it was so difficult to call him Brother Paul because his real name is Matt to make that transition and then to make the transition from brother to father after uh, he did his vows and, and got ordained and all that good stuff. But uh, no, I will never, I will never call a priest except by father. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it just, it really weirds me out. It always it throws happen. me off. Like, and, you know, and I could understand why some of them might not want to do that, I guess. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, it's for me, it's just something I'm like, oh, weird. I was at a parish and um, where was I? Was it in Minnesota? Yeah, I was in Minnesota. And the priests want to be called father and then their last name. Oh yeah, I I, I know uh, I I know some priests that are like yeah. that, and I think that's I mean, and the, it's not that they are cold or impersonal; they are actually very wonderful priests. But um, it was uh, it, that's just what that's just what they want. Yeah. Well, no, and you, you know, I mean, that's like it's really interesting because in Idaho, you did not call the priest by their first name; you would say "Hi, Father," last last name, always, 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 always. It's just a big part of, um, I don't know, it's just yeah. kind of interesting. Oh, you know what? Oh, gosh, this is the, this is crazy. Under oath Skype right there, <laughs> right in front of me. That's crazy. Hey, Luke, I thought um, the Bible says call no man father, so why do you Catholics? Uh, yeah, I always on? hate that. I, to me, that's one, of the, that's one of the most, like, lazy questions ever. Because, <laughs> like, you, you, okay, so then do you call your dad father? You know, like it's right there. Like, if there's just no, like, I, I mean, I'm all about doing apologetics, but like, what drives me nuts is when it's just like really stupid questions or stupid answers that, like, that no one's really asking the question for about. It's late. Sorry. (laughs) For a question about, uh, I mean, St. Paul literally says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And, People don't, I mean, I don't know what it's like because for other people, I grew up in a non-Catholic area, you know, uh, being Catholic was weird. You know, we weren't hated on 24-7. We certainly had wonderful friends from, who were at Church of the Nazarene and Disciples of Christ and all that stuff. But being Catholic was definitely a huge and awkward minority. And I would have people say that to me all the time. They would be like, uh... Why do you call your pastor's fathers when the Bible clearly says, call no man father? And I'd be like, I don't know. Do you call your dad father? Well, yeah, but that's different. I'm like, why? It says no man. 
Michael Jackson doesn't call his dad father because he's a Jehovah's Witness, and they don't do that. So are you being less biblical or is he? I just hate it, man. I, I hate know. it. St. Paul <laughs> says, call me. I'm your spiritual father in Christ Jesus. Well, because, like, honestly, to me, what that is is nitpicking, which is – and, like, as Catholics, we are just as guilty of this when it comes to certain things as well, you know, uh, especially within the liturgy. Uh, but What? I'm, I'm sorry, Father, but uh, your candlesticks on the altar were not high enough. According to the rubrics of 1787, <laughs> I think you're referring to the water purification laws of beer making in Germany. Case dismissed. <laughs> Hooray! Bum, 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 bum. I don't know why they're playing a, uh, a, a fight song. Where do you draw the line in terms of like, okay, hey, this liturgy has gone too far? Now, not like spirit action. Like, what action for you is like, nope. Nope, we're not doing this. Okay, so I have to tread lightly because I'm employed <laughs> so, at a parish. Let's nitpick. <laughs> yeah, so just as you were making fun of nitpicking, it's time to nitpick. Okay. Well, let, okay, let's not nitpick. Let's, <laughs> let, that's so funny, Luke, that we literally just walked into our own trap. Hoisted by our own <laughs> no. petard. Um, no, when the it comes... Trap I set for you seemed to caught my leg instead. <laughs> my wife has that on a t-shirt. Um so for me, the thing that really she doesn't know why I, the thing that really gets me is my thing begins and ends with terrible homilies, terrible homilies. Really, a terrible homilies. See, terrible homilies. What? Interrupt me. Go on. Sorry. It, it just, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm waiting. Go on. It doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> I see. I I, just, I, mean, I know. No, I'm going to interrupt you. I know why. Like it never used to bother me because I would look at it from the perspective of the whole mass, right? And you're like, I mean, a homily is the least consequential part of a mass because the gospel. You got all mm-hmm. this other stuff. The music can really. I mean, when people walk out of a church and they say, "Oh, that's a great mass," what are they referring to? The music and the homily, and those are literally the least important things of a mass. But, mm-hmm. but. When I realize that now that I, I guess I would say this from a ministry perspective, when I realize that 98% of Roman Catholics at a parish are only going to be at that parish that year when they're at mass, and some of them maybe once a month, some of them a couple times a year or once a year, to me, the homily, it's not all dependent on the homily, but you should really prepare a good homily. And when priests or deacons or bishops do not take the time to prepare a good homily. And I don't mean good in the sense of entertaining. I am not talking about entertaining. I am just talking about a good, well-laid-out, crafted homily that preaches Christ. If that doesn't happen, I feel I feel like they're phoning it in. Because most of the rest of it is memorized or other people are doing it. See, I, I, no, I used to agree with you. I'm fine. This is conversation. We're not instructing. <laughs> it's so hard for you, isn't it? <laughs> it is ripping my guts out inside, which is why this podcast is good for me. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had a woman, I had a woman from Erdman's Publishing Company reach out to me asking me to interview an author. And the author wrote a book on Christology. And I said, yes. But she never referenced Catching Foxes. She said, for Lay Evangelist. And I'm like, Catching Foxes is nowhere on Lay Evangelist anymore. It's on catchingfoxes.fm. So she wasn't talking about this show. I don't know what she's talking about. 
But she's giving me a free book. So I'm going to interview the hell out of this guy, and we're going to do some instruction. Go on. <laughs> Good. Fine by me. Um, uh, Fine by me as listen, long as it's not in I, my podcast. I had – listen, you did a great job of that during uh, the four years that we were in college together, and I, and I am truly grateful for it. Um, <laughs> but now it's your turn to <laughs> shut up. It's called listening, Gomer. Find out what it means. So, Luke, what is the most uh, nitpicky thing of the liturgy for you? Uh, so, <laughs> okay, if I'm being honest, the... Well, first uh, lie. First lie. You got to do two, <laughs> two lies, then a truth. Oh, the joy, joy, joy banners. Can't stand those. Um, <laughs> I would have to say the communion meditation song. If that's like an upbeat or like just a song that really doesn't just draw you into deep prayer or contemplation or meditation... which it just drives me nuts. What is the like, worst song for that? Um, <laughs> anything from the Glory and Praise book. <laughs> what about the Spirit and Song? Like, does, does tapping into your charismatic roots no, during you know that communion him pull you out? I had a priest that I respect profoundly tell me. So he, he, and he said, this is why I think it's wrong to raise your hands during Mass. And he went through this kind of whole spiel, and I was like, Huh. Huh. And it just, it really challenged me to maybe go, yeah. maybe being charismatic in mass is actually not the best idea in the world. Well, be charismatic in mass doesn't mean you have to put your hands up in the or ends prayer position. <laughs> no, but like, um, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like yeah. anything to where when you're really trying to not, I mean, I don't know. I, so I, we did a uh, catechetical mass about a, gosh, two weeks ago for this thing that I'm a part of in some place. And, uh, it was phenomenal. And I'm like, I've done that before. I mean, I did that. I did that when I was eight, but it was great to do it with a bunch of people who like have their masters and uh, like, you know, and their undergrads in this stuff, because we were like, we were like, we were diving really deep and it really helped me see and understand how the mass is entering into the Paschal mystery and the resurrection of Christ, which I, I'm st I still don't fully understand it. But I'm starting to see that it's more that it's really is a profound prayer, yeah. and on one level. And I, I do not have a degree in this in this stuff. And and what? yeah, and even though I um, actually did attend a couple of my theology classes, um, I don't feel comfortable speaking authoritatively on it. But it it it, it, it has been really cool to just really try to enter into the mass more, which which honestly is an answer to, my, to a prayer from like three years ago. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When I go to mass, <clears throat> one of my favorite things to do, honestly, because I'm usually wrestling a couple kids. I got the baby in the nursery care called Little Ones of the Little Way. It's awesome. I don't have to worry. They actually teach kids from the lectionary. It's not just BS, nothing. My wife writes the curriculum, so I know this. Um, it's not It's not old cassettes of Aladdin. Um uh, that sounds pretty great. <laughs> it is if you want your kid to go to hell. Anywho, uh, but <laughs> so being at mass, my really my only time for a little bit of peace is when the gospel's being read because we're standing and I'm usually holding a child and they're it's in the beginning of mass so they're more still and more stable, um, not the reckless charlatans that they are. And uh, so I get to pay attention to the gospel and a little bit of the homily. And when I do communion. I, I just love the prayers of St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas before and after communion 
Or if you really want to have your shop wrecked, read The Prayer After Communion from St. Bonaventure. Yeah, it's pretty great. It is so intense. Like, that man is in love with Jesus Christ. He is in love with Jesus. I've been doing the uh, Anime Christi for the past few years. I've been enjoying The Anima Christi? Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. Um, Hey, can I tell you my least favorite, my most nitpicky thing? When people mispronounce the names of prayers in, in like languages that they don't know. No, uh, very close. When you say pastoral instead of pastoral, mm. past oral, past oral. It's I like you remember that. It's like your confessions in high school. Past <laughs> oral. Okay. It wasn't high school. It was my mid twenties. Um, Shit, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was funny. I'm so scared. I'm so scared I that mean, we just it's... had a wonderful conversation about the liturgy, <laughs> and then we're. I mean, it's sad. It's <laughs> not good, but it, you know, if you if you you know can't like laugh at it, then it's just like, oh wow, you really kind of let yourself go, huh? <laughs> hey, well, let me ask you this question: How do you go to mass? Are you prepared before you leave? Do you read the readings ahead of time? No, typical. I mean, uh, no, because it's just I honestly don't really. Okay, it's gonna sound weird. If I'm being honest, the readings for the most part just orient this orient. Uh, see, now I'm paranoid about how how I am pronouncing every <laughs> every word I say. You and Aaron. Um, hey, well, here's the deal. Don't get paranoid. If you mispronounce it, I'll just shout you down. <laughs> so really if i'm being honest the readings orient orientate me <laughs> orient me orientate me whatever orient um, orient they face orient that's probably bad isn't that oh crap i'm sorry I, uh, <laughs> two white males ladies and gentlemen <laughs> two nice privileged old, white males i spent three years having uh having um uh having to live with uh, like forty-five kids from Eastern Asia, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I've earned the right for racial slurs and stereotypical no, media. The worst thing that I used to do to them, by far, was I used. We to should like, end oh, this oh. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but please, please, seriously, go on. There were. Uh, I used to walk into the, the kitchen while people were eating with my fist in the air, saying "Free Tibet." <laughs> oh man, the Vietnamese kids loved it. Yeah, the but the Chinese kids, so kids <laughs> they got so mad. Like, oh, like, oh, no, no, they would go, "You so suck, <laughs> you so suck, you so suck." Now those uh, kids, I the Chinese it. kids, were there at your school because it was a boarding school, and you yes. were in charge of the dorms for a while. Yes. Now it was not a boarding school. They, they, I mean, it was um, the school would board international students. Yeah. They bored him to mm-hmm. death. They bored him to death with teachers like you. Yes. I felt so bad for those kids sometimes because they were so ostracized by, at, at times, just by certain groups at the school. And, um, and yeah, did, it was actually like. And you did nothing to help them. No, no, no. It's not true at all. I did tons of stuff. Um, and I left. I won't ever forget when I said goodbye to them. They were all. I, it really took me by surprise how emotional it was. Yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, the kids were sobbing. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was like, it was this, I was this really odd moment of like, oh my gosh, 
this is all over with. And like they were, they all had realized it. And I, I had just decided that I was going, uh, I was going to actually leave. And, um, they were, I mean, they were like, I mean, it was boys, girls, they were all like crying. And I was just like, well, I love you guys too. Uh, and then I never talked to them again. Uh, <laughs> you know, natural. I've talked to a few, but you know, that the similar thing happened to when I left as a youth minister at my church for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting near the end of that semester and, I had already made the decision, but I hadn't announced it. And my boss wanted me to announce it, and I just wasn't mentally ready. And so she just kind of, like, ripped the Band-Aid off. I was like, Michael has something he wants to share with all of you. <laughs> and I was like, uh, and I look out in the crowd, and there's a handful of teens that I, you know, that every youth minister has teens that he either, A, hangs out with more or is discipling, whatever. And uh, <laughs> the click, and... uh I hadn't prepared them. Like, I feel like there's a couple people maybe I should have said beforehand, but I was like, okay, well, um, I'm moving to Steubenville to finish my master's uh, starting January 1st. And it was like, maybe it was like end of, I think it was like right after Thanksgiving. So it was like in a month I was going to be gone. And to watch kids sob is like one of the most hard. I'm like, why are you crying? You hated me. And they're like, I didn't hate you. Just I'm a teenager. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and one kid, and one kid admitted to me, uh, like a month ago, that that was one of the hardest things that he's ever had to deal with in his life. Was me leaving him. Like that's how he said. He's like, that's you, an easy life. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Just, but you know, but he I'm, literally I'm, said, I'm just kidding. I know, but I mean, kind of. But uh. <laughs> but he literally said that was that was one of the hardest things because I was one I was one of the few people that cared about him disinterestedly, you know, like just for him. And yeah, he felt like he yeah. could be himself around me. And he's not a Catholic anymore, doesn't practice any he's he's actually a flying spaghetti monster atheist guy. And uh but he shared that with me and it blew me away. I was like, What? Really? Like you of all people, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you were like one of the few people that helped me hang on in high school." And I was like, "Why didn't you tell me this when you were in high school?" I mean, I still would have left, but <laughs> it just would have been nice to know. Yeah, because Daddy was broken, and I had to get out of town. <laughs> I was so broken. I made I made that decision so while me and Shannon were broken up. Then we got back together. Then we got engaged, and we both left. No, wait, that's 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 not possible. It because you guys, you guys got engaged in the fall. Yeah, and I made the decision. I'm left in the fall, and I started at Franciscan in the spring. But I, I thought that you made the um, decision after you got engaged. No, I made the decision in the summertime that I was oh. going to quit my job. In fact, when I got my first iPhone, I got some emails that made um, from Franciscan for mistake uh, on mistake for a different student, and they were like, "Hey, your graduate degree program is being offered." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "What?" And then it was like, oh, sorry, this is the wrong email. You were supposed to get this email. And I was like, what? And then I went online and registered for classes. In January. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The no, more no, you know. Okay. The okay. more you know. No, 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 So, yeah. Luke, topics. So, what else you got, buddy? Topics. Um, so, I, okay, you know, what's re- we're starting, this is a really good problem to have to get into the territory. I'm like, have we talked about that? So, if we have, stop me. We'll just we'll go to... Another one. But I thought it'd be interesting to talk about nostalgia. Have we talked about that? I don't think so. What would you do if I sang out of tune? 
Okay. So I'm in a really weird spot because I so I grew up in the great place of uh, Dayton, Ohio. It's it's extremely awesome, uh, incredibly glorious. Uh, If you were to if you were to get 100 Americans from across the country into a, a room, Dayton would be the seventh highest place where everyone would be from. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yes. Look, it's great. That's I, I'm struggling with the math on this, but go on. Okay, so it's it's basically that it's it is on if if like um, you were to have a list of of people who like okay, let me just back up here. Oh, people, so much editing. <laughs> shut up. Uh, people okay. who don't who actually like don't if who uh, don't live in their home town if you were to ask if uh you were basically tally that up you would see like they would uh dane dane ohio is the seventh highest place of where people are from in america in terms of people who like who move so what it says is like lots of people have actually left dane dane ohio oh that's what i was gonna say i was like this doesn't sound like a good statistic. No, it's not. It's not. it's like because <laughs> Dane's a great place to be from, pretty much, and so and that's yeah, been sounds me like since, it. <laughs> <laughs> that's been me since I was eighteen, pretty much. Um, and I am back in Dayton a, a whole bunch now, and it's weird because no one's there. Yeah. None of my family's there. You know, like I, I do have a couple of buddies that are that are there that I'm able to see every now and again. But during the day, I can't go and hang out with them when they're at work and stuff. So we talked like, about this a little bit. You said how for work you'll drive through and you have nowhere to go. Yeah, and so it's weird because what I'm what I what I'm starting to experience is a flood of memories and things that I've forgotten about. And good things, bad things, things that really don't need to be processed, but they're, you know, being brought back in a, in a way that I don't think they would be if I um, was back in uh, Colorado or, you know, back in um, California yeah. or something. So it's just interesting because it's kind yeah. of made me go like, and, you know, and, and it's really has made me become nostalgic for you know, like being home in high school and in college, I took Aaron on a tour of like all the places where we use, um, uh, to live. And it was kind of like, I I'm from here, you know, it was, and I found myself like really like aching to like still live there or like to be back in high school, which like I've never experienced be- before. And there are times when I experience like the pain to like it really like honestly, like a pain in my heart to go back to a period of life to go to the bar with all my buddies out in a Eureka to go back to Dave's, you know, and it's and I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing or if this is a bad thing or just like a, a natural thing or what. Nostalgia is crazy because when I went through Tulsa, Oklahoma, driving from St. Louis, we after we got married, um, Shannon had the U-Haul attached to her car. I was driving my Honda Accord. And we were going through Tulsa, and we went, and I'm just sitting there calling out landmarks. Like, that's a strip club my brother got kicked out of, and that's my high school in the same parking lot. And that's, uh, like, all these different things. Like, crazy experiences that, that pull you right back, but in, the, in, the, in a similar way, 
most of those people or I, I had nowhere to go once I was there. You know, I have um, since I did my eighth grade reunion, which I'm embarrassed to even say that out loud. Uh, since I did that eighth grade reunion, I've realized there are a lot of people who stayed in and around that area, including the guy who was the best man at my wedding, Chris, um, my friend, my friend, Chris Miller. Um, he was the best man at my wedding. He got a job there as a lawyer after law school. And um, it's just fascinating to go and visit him and his family. He lives in a completely different part than where we grew up. But once I drive through those old parts or I go to my old church, I went to mass at my old church. So much is the same, yet so much is different. And I walked into the room, uh, into the narthex to get to my pew and uh, there's a couple that was there, and they were older, and they just kept staring at me. And I smiled at them, and they smiled at me, but they kind of looked at me funny because it's like, who is this guy that I should know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so when I sat down, you know, I mean, so much of that church is the same. If you watch Virtus videos, that's the church. Um, and uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just weird. It is a weird feeling. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one more nostalgia twist. I have never experienced nostalgia more than what Facebook does to me on my Facebook feed when it does those, hey, we love you as a person, and we want to show you your memories. And it shows me a picture of my oldest daughter when she was really little. Oh, wow. It, and yeah. not, not when she's a baby, because uh, to me, all babies are the same. I can't tell unless you have a hideous one. All babies are the same. But when she is like one or two, especially two, and seeing her now, because she probably looks like a preteen, even though she's six, I don't, I, I literally don't know how to process that. I, I, I mean, th- it happened today. It popped up at work. I took one look at it, and I literally choked up. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what is going on here? What, what did being a dad do to me? Because it ruined me, and I want my old me back. <laughs> I want the one who would just slide down. We would just sleep in for hours, lose <laughs> track of time. Uh. Kids, I, I can't wait to tell your kids the story of the time that we went to a bar from 6 o'clock in the evening until 2 or 3 in the morning. And I went and took a test immediately after. <laughs> You're in the same 20 by 20 space. <laughs> Good Lord. Man, what was wrong with us? Uh, uh, there Nothing. wasn't a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not a damn thing, my friend. <laughs> we spent $20 at the, at the time of our lives. Um, <laughs> it got to a point to where I forgot about this. I would just walk around with a pitcher of beer and drink out of that. Like, and, I, and, I, and in no I, way do you have a problem. I didn't think anything of it. Like, I mean, at like first I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, kind of funny. But then it became very practical. Like, why well, get a glass? I'm just going to go back. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. I don't need any glasses. Just a pitcher. And can you put I in would, a straw? You would drink out of the pitcher. Oh, man. Um, I'm amazed that anyone just wanted to even be around me. Uh, okay. So, fact. But do you think that it, is a fact. <laughs> do you think it's a good thing? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, but like, when does it like when does it? Because I really, I mean, it's just it's. I feel like I'm in a weird spot because one, I'm emotional, and two, I I'm back there just enough that I'm able to, to experience it, but not enough that it becomes routine. Yeah. So there are times where the only places that like I know to if I'm in this one part of town, I only have. 20 minutes, but I got to go grab a coffee or I got to go grab a lunch or, 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 or something. So I, I like, I know where to go. 
Yeah. But the weird part is going to those things means I have to like be like, you know, like now let's go back like memory lane again. And part of me is like, I don't want to, but I kind of don't have a choice, but it's not enough to where that it like just becomes routine then. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird. And I, I, I'm starting to wonder like, am I starting like, I've, I've just like, I think it's caused me just like, cause I'm, you know, in the car a lot during these times and I'll try to pray or I'll have a podcast on, but at times my mind just, you know, goes off and wonders. And I just start to think about high school and the different, like, what if I done like this differently? You know, I just, yeah. it gets depressing. Do you know what sometimes. the, uh, the word nostalgia means? Do you know where it comes from? I used to, but I forgot. I pulled up, uh, it comes from the definition doesn't have the etymology though. It comes from the Greek compound. Algos meaning pain, and nostos meaning return home. So it that's means, right. It means acute homesickness. Yeah, that's honestly that's what happens every yeah. time that I go back. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like I, I there are times when I feel like I don't want to do it. Now, you do know? you go back to Franciscan? Have you been back there and felt that nostalgia? Um, uh, I think one time I did. When I was uh, I was back there because I was dating a girl who worked there, and while she was at work, I went and uh, just I was preparing for the next school year, so I went to the library, and there wasn't and so campus was completely just completely empty, and I remember going back and just kind of thinking like this is so weird to be here without anyone else here, yeah, but and so I. Actually, after that, the last time that I went back was just this past. No, sorry, that's a lie. Um, I went back in 2012 for a wedding and for the career fair, and it wasn't hard because for, I I don't have that when I'm there with people that that experienced it with me. Now, have you been back to high school for any high school reunions? Uh, no, there was one I was going to help out with, but I ended up, um, that's when I moved to Idaho. So I wasn't able to go. Will you go to the next one? You know, honestly, if I'm being really like, I don't know. I, cause this is where it gets weird. I think I may have some stuff I need to deal with. Yeah. Just emotionally. And this is when I, and I, this is where I don't know if it's the nostalgia or just, just maybe some things that I just kind of. I, I don't know if I could go there and like just like be happy. I, don't, I mean, I probably could. I what, think. I mean, what do you think you have to deal with? Because high school was like 2001 for you. I don't know. It's is this. I'm, it's because I haven't thought about it. Yeah. Like, re- I think it's more just that it. I don't know. I just think that it would. I, I think. Well, no. Okay. I do know a lot of the ways that I view myself and the crosses I've had to bury and the things in my life to where I'm having to like work through as an adult, the root really kind of goes back to high school in one way or not high school, but just, um, cause I was with the same people from third grade to, to 12th to 12th grade. Was it because of the overalls that you would wear with the one clip unbuttoned, <laughs> unfastened? I know it was because I uh, would wear a weird T-shirt with all of the Looney Tune characters in <laughs> hip hop outfits. But here's the thing: I did it in uh, the in the late '90s, as opposed to the early to mid '90s. So there you go. Uh, so you are being ironic? Nope. 
nope. just the fat kid who no, no, no I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just the like, fat kid who loved Looney Tunes I mean, and okay. hip hop. <laughs> so if I'm being really blunt, I had terrible self image issues, like terrible, terrible, terrible. And when I look at pictures of me from high school, it pains me because I'm like, oh my, like Luke, you are a really good looking kid, and you like were in really great shape, and I honestly. Like, had, I, I mean, this is, and I bring, and I bring this up because I've, I've, you know, there are like other guys that I've talked to that I know who have experiences. I really did struggle with like the way that I looked. I just thought I was really fat, and uh, that no girl would ever really want to, that no girl would ever be interested in me. Which is why when a girl was, I put that on such a pedestal, a pedestal. And it ruined a lot of my, like, that's why I broke up like a million times with the same girl or why things wouldn't work out because I just, you know, really, I had such poor self image, such a poor self image. Like, I mean, it really was like psychologically damaging. And I think the hard part is going back at, at, there are times when it's the good things and it's like, I miss my dad terribly, you know? So I was over at like where he grew up the other day and it was painful. Oh man. Like it was, I mean, it was like, I was like, I, this is, that's a, I cannot go to that part of town. And it's, and it's, it's, it's not a bummer. There's just a, uh, like priest friend of mine that I work with a lot who his, he's at my dad's old parish. So I go there every now and again, and it's it's honestly it really is nice. But at times it's like it's it's hard. So, anyways, I think uh, I'm just having to like kind of confront those things as it like, and this is probably part of my own prayer life as well. Is just, and I think to maybe see some of those people, uh, I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when you think about it from my perspective in high school because I had something. I, I really don't know if this was a good or bad thing for me, but it's the past, and you, and this is the hardest part. This is the pain of nostalgia. You cannot go back. Yep. You cannot go back, but literally the way you were talking, you were saying something where you, were, you said um, you were talking to your past self, looking at a photograph of you in high school being like, you're a handsome kid. You're not, you don't, you're not overweight, you know, whatever. You were saying it almost as if you could speak to your past self just now, you know. And mm-hmm. one of the things that um, that was really hard for me uh, was so my brothers are both athletes. They're they're amazing. They have we all have like a natural giftedness in this. But I never I, I, I played sports up until eighth grade. I was every year I was in one or two different sports: soccer, baseball, um, football, mostly soccer. But um, never it never was a thing for me it was always fun and the moment and it was hard work and I would practice for hours in my backyard but it was always fun for me and the moment it stopped being fun I I walked away from it but of course I was a a, I was a bigger kid who became the fat kid because I walked away from sports I don't know if that's what you happened to you when you walked away from football but um I uh I realized that I had so much fear of not being able to physically measure up to other men in high school. Like, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever admitted this, but I was so afraid that when I found out that there was such a thing as homeschooling, I did it. 
because it was really? a, it was a way at well one I liked the girl uh, and she had no time for me but I I it was it was a way out of all of it it was a way out of gym class and having to deal with the seniors and mm-hmm. even though I had already done it as a freshman and I'm fine and I didn't have you know I think like the next mandatory physical education is your senior year or whatever but I just had so much fear bound up with it that going into high school or dealing with all the high school stuff, it was easier just to become homeschooled. And with homeschooling, what did I do all day? I sat on my ass. I, I listened to talks. Honestly, I listened to, and I'm not joking, hundreds of hours of Scott Hahn talks. That's why, to me, listening to things in double speed is not a problem because I literally love lectures. I love mm-hmm. it. And, and it's, but think about it. Nothing was demanded of me. You know, like my whole life was lived inside my bedroom. I was addicted to porn on AOL 3.0 dial up. So I would stay up till two o'clock in the morning watching one image slowly download. Uh, my parents had no clue. And then I'd wake up at noon. I'd watch Law and Order and eat a big salad with my mom. And I'd go to do schoolwork. And my schoolwork consisted of me being either A, on the internet, or B, I mean, really, it was just me just playing video games and listening to theology and philosophy lectures and uh, hanging out at my church. Like, that was my—and and working. I always worked. But that was it. And it, it allowed me to not be challenged. But I got to see all my friends have all those high school experiences, have all the mm-hmm. things. And so when I look back at me, my nostalgia—I don't have nostalgia attached to any high school. Bishop Kelly Catholic High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma— Fine school, I don't have I don't have an attachment to it. There's a handful of people there that I regret not keeping in better touch with, and uh, and it's because I I like chickened out of my life. I feel mm. like for four years because I because <laughs> homeschooling when you don't actually do the schooling, uh, you end up uh, taking longer to finish high school. You're just hanging out, <laughs> hanging out, eating big salads, hanging watching Law and Order. Order, yeah. yeah. It's how many hundreds of times have long. you heard me say that? <laughs> a lot, but I, I always get for for some odd like for some odd reason. I always just kind of laugh at it, not at you, just like at the thought of it. Yeah, and it's one hundred percent true. It was every day almost. Hmm. You know, and I wonder if there are people who are going to hear us talk about this and will go, "That hurts my feelings." I thought that we were friends. What do you, you know? Because. Well, like when I think back to high school, I can also think back to experiences with great friends, with Joel and with Nick and with like Aaron and with Jessica and with Tristan. I don't know if any of them um, listen. I really honestly don't. I would love to know if they, you know, actually did. Joel does. Um, Oh, really? Joel does. I was about to say, if anyone does, I thought it'd be Nick because he's the only guy of your friends that I've been even remotely in touch with. (laughs) <laughs> Nick probably does. He's probably like, he's like, Ugh. um, uh, and, you know, and like, I cherish the memories with them. And like, when I think back to like the fun times, it's that, but I, yeah. you know, if for some reason, it's just weird that I'm having to confront like the people that like rejected me. Yeah. Would you know, you like I was oh, sorry. Sorry. No, you, you, no, 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 no. Okay. I was, I was going to say this, the, the people that you felt rejected you, are you going to do the living well is the best revenge kind of thing? Like, let's say you were to you were to make a commitment to go to your twentieth. 
what would Luke have to do to prepare himself to go to the 20th? Now I'm living through you because I didn't graduate from high school. My 20th <laughs> reunion is going to be me hanging out with my mom watching Law and Order. Right? Maybe I'll, maybe this we'll... a great episode, Michael. Ice-T is phenomenal in this. <laughs> I love Dick Wolf. I love Dick Wolf. Okay, Mom. Thanks for this Boom. Olive Garden salad. You made it special. I didn't have to make it this time. I don't see it. These, these breadsticks are going to come back to bite me. 300 calories are one of those things. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've honestly thought that about myself. I, I'm sorry. I thought that to myself just like, hey, just try to live a really good life. And that's what matters. And when I start to like, like how I really pull myself out of it is I think back to my life. I, I give thanks for concrete actions, concrete things that happened that day. You know, and um, I mean, there are times when I have like had to so, like honestly, there are times in the past ten years where I've had to go, hey, like, hey, Luke, you are not a loser. You had three best friends that you met your first day of college. Like, weird losers don't have that. You know, like you should be grateful. Like, you know, I have to like talk myself through the great things that have like happened in my life through my amazing family. And so I don't know. I, I, I think, I think, okay. So like, what would it look like? Just, I think to be able to say I'm working hard, I'm really happy. Uh, it's if, if, if I could see some of those people who like, re, I mean, and, and I'm going to like, I'm like the ones who caused me like profound wounds, you know, like there's a guy in high school that I have known since I was eight. And in college, I saw him at uh, the store that I, that like I worked at and he walked right past me and I walked right past him. We didn't say like a word to each other. Huh. And he was just a person that like, I remember at like one point in time, we were all, we were all hanging out and he just goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, nothing, I'm going to go. <laughs> and just like, you know, and, uh, and, and then when I kind of, they were trying to get me to come in, uh, hang out with them. This was after I had my conversion was very confident in, you know, I, um, had a girlfriend at the time and had a really great, uh, great, like, uh, gr a great group of like friends and stuff. And so this other group was trying to get me to come and hang out with them or something. And he goes, isn't this what you've always wanted? And I was like, no, I'm good. And I really, I really felt that, but like, so like, it's just, it's just kind of a dick, Ugh. you know? And just, it was, and it was like that all of high school. I like, we, I, I, we were honestly, I thought we were like kind of buds until high school. Yeah. And it's like, he got like really popular or something. And just, I was not apparently. So like a guy like that, I would really have a hard time with. Yeah. Cause I think I may have like one drink and be like, you know what? Fuck you. You know, or, or just kind of like, you know, which, okay, honestly, I don't think that I would. I don't think about this that much. I don't, I don't want everyone to think that I'm like, you know, harping on this just all the time. It's just, these are things that have kind of I've just been like brought back up. So if, if I could go to it and talk to him and just enjoy being around him, like, yeah, like, I've known you since I was eight. That would be cool. Yeah. If it didn't happen, I'd be okay. But, you know, like, I mean, I've, I got like... It's just weird. Like I saw a guy downtown that I went to high school with and we were like staring at each other. We were at this like lunch place staring at each other. Like, I know you, you know, but like we didn't really take the step to like kind of you know, like um, to uh, say anything about it. 
<laughs> and but the problem is like it's probably because I was a loser. And I'm like, no, you, you know, like in, in like reality, I don't think I was, but it's just I don't know. Eh. No, it is hard. It is hard dealing with it. The the hardness of dealing with high school memories is because there's also this adult thing inside of you that's like, come on, that was 20 years ago, grow up. I know, like, and you're like, no, 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 yeah. that really hurt. And when I think about it right now, it really, really hurts, and I'm really, really mad. And I want to stand next to you know young Luke and punch that dude in the mouth and look at him and say, damn it, Luke, you deserve to be at this party. That guy, he sucks, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, the, you know, like, I, this is going to sound dumb, but I remember in high school, I wanted to be Zach Morris. That's what I thought high school was going to be like, where you're just with all your buddies, everyone, like, loves you, and just life is awesome. And you date Kelly Capacity because she's the most beautiful like, woman alive besides your wife. Uh, <laughs> um, Lisa Turtle. No, all Who about is, Kelly. Lisa Turtle was, is much prettier than my wife, for the record. <laughs> you know but and so all of a sudden like i get there and i'm like i'm not yeah and it was just like oh people don't like me oh i'm not what yeah. like i you know I've, i i can remember feeling like i'm not a quiet person but i'm quiet all the time yeah you know and to this day it's just why everyone always thinks when i go to like one of the, one of the things that gets brought up to me by people that I know Aaron has brought this up a few times like why are you so quiet then if I'm in a room and I don't really know anyone or I feel un uncomfortable I'm the quietest person there yeah and it comes across as time at times like I'm being a jerk or I don't I want to be there or I'm you know apathetic oh you mean Michael Gormley freshman year during freshman yes, orientation yes, yes it's I'm that when wearing my knit weird. cap with my arms <laughs> crossed over my chest the whole time and with your deftones <laughs> with my deftones t-shirt all I wanted to do was have a conversation with someone who would love me while my ex-girlfriend who broke up with me a month earlier it, who is shy at home is having a social life of champions. <laughs> oh man, I was I so broken. I won't ever forget what was your uh, coming out party <laughs> when we were like right in front of Francis and you were yeah. just like talking and being loud and being your gummer self. And I, and I remember I thought, this guy's great. <laughs> Originally, you thought, oh man, this guy's parents forced him to come here. And then Drizaldi <laughs> mentioned The Matrix and I smiled and was like, yeah, that's my, or Drizaldi or Fazzy. I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite movie too. And all of a sudden, it came flooding out, and I felt like I don't need her for me to have a good time. All yeah. I need is my Luke, and that's what well, you, you, you know what's like really odd is it took it was college where I first finally felt like myself, yeah. like the person I was created to be. And I, this is going to I, I don't really mean this in a in a bad way like like i'm an egomaniac but i've always felt like i was a person who just wants to be i want to be everyone's buddy i love being everyone's friend i love that i think it's so much fun and at college was the first time i ever really experienced that and i can i can remember going to class one time early in the fall when we first got there and just saying hi to like 20 different people from my dorm to my uh, to my classroom and I thought this is what it's like to be popular like this is what and I I, I really and I and I don't mean popular in the sense like everyone like I'm the cool guy I mean like 
where people are like glad to see you and you are like known by your peers. So perhaps popular is the wrong word. Um, like you belong, like you fit in. Yeah. Like you're enjoyed by everyone, you know, like there's no, like you're, I was not on the outside of anything. There was no outside. It was just one big group of people who just were all happy to be there. So yeah, so I, I'm oh, sorry. I'm happy to be here with you now. Yeah. I, this is, this has actually been a really good, I'm glad that we um, had this chat. <laughs> me too. Me too. What would you do if I sang out of tune? My, uh, I, I just want to end with this weird thought that popped into my head. So I was a freshman at Bishop Kelly Catholic High School. And you said about them when you were talking about the jerks, there were two guys. One guy was named Matt. And I thought this guy was hilarious and funny. He was super popular. Huge drinker huge partier there were several catholic feeder schools that went into this school and we were the smallest of all the schools so i was top dog at all saints catholic school i was nobody <laughs> at bishop kelly and you know i go from graduating class of 15 to freshman class of like 200 or 300 mm -hmm. and uh but saint i think it was saint Pius maybe had a class of you know 100 kids coming in and this one guy named Matt, he was funny. He was like the, the lovable party guy that everyone wanted to hang out with. He was awesome. And I had a class with him. And we were friends. Like, I was friends with everyone that sat near me. Because, you know, it's funny. I'm joking around with them. Like, I was a good student. All that. Like, it, I don't know. But then they started to find out about how religious I was. And I thought I was going to be a priest and all this stuff. And some people were weirded out by that. But I never had a class with Matt's friend. And Matt's friend was a dick like you're describing. One of these guys who knew how cool he was. He actually, this is really funny, he looks exactly like Jason Everett. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why uh, when I first saw Jason Everett speak, I'm like, I'm kind of uncomfortable right now. I feel like half of my high school class looked like Jason Everett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're perfect face and your aligned jaw um, and your gelled hair just just like that <laughs> just just like that bro uh you probably had a long sleeve shirt that had one stripe uh, across the chest <laughs> oh man uh it's an alternate theme on a rugby shirt um but this this guy hated me and he found ways to make fun of me in front of all their friends who were my friends when he wasn't around? I mean, you know, friends. Friends is a friends in high school means as much as friends does on Facebook, right? So, like, and he did, and I just remember being like, I don't know how to deal with this guy. Like, I'm I'm trying to be really funny, and I'm not winning and over. He's making fun of me. He's doing all this stuff, and his buddy Matt put him in his place a couple times. Like, come on, it's Mike. Like, come on. It was before I was Gomer. Come on, it's Mike. Come on. And I just remember being like, I, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to deal with this guy that for once in my life, I can't win over. And he was just a jerk. And then one day I found out that him, he was one of the fastest guys and my best friend was the fastest guy. And he beat him at some race at, in like PE. And the guy punched my friend and my friend jump kicked him in the chest and knocked the Ooh. guy out. Or not, not knocked him out cold, but knocked him down on his butt. And the, then the PE coach called, and they got detention or whatever. 
Um, but when he told me that, I remember feeling so happy that someone humiliated him. Someone mm-hmm. from our small school, you know, all this stuff humiliated him in public, like in front of all of his friends, you know. Man, that that is crazy. I haven't thought about that memory, but I remember Chris telling me, I can't go home with you today. I got detention. What? What happened? You know that blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Well, I, I kicked him in the chest. I, I jumped him <laughs> in the air and nailed as hard as I could, and he fell down. I got caught by the coach. And I just remember being like, hell yeah. Right? That that need for revenge is so, like, that's also a part of nostalgia. <laughs> this is a part of the pain and the pleasure of taking pleasure in pain. I don't know. That is weird. That is a weird feeling. It's, it is. Why did you take me here? Nostalgia sucks. I don't know. Get rid <laughs> of nostalgia. <laughs> well, that's, that's why some people, uh, like, actually yeah. don't like it yeah, because of the pain. There's excessive. There's excessive nostalgia. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's something sweet, though, in the pain. Right, like the, the 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 like the line from the C.S. Lewis where his dying wife says, "The pain then is part of the happiness now." Like we're happy now, and that will turn to pain because we won't have this. But they're they're all one story, and C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis actually wove that into one of his novels. He has this novel called "Out of the Silent Planet," and he's with these he's on Mars, and there's these three different alien species, and one alien species composes music and poetry. And I love this line. And honestly, this really sticks with me. And I, I kind of want to know your feedback. He said um, they were talking about how their one of their friends died and they were composing a dance and a song and a poem about him. And they said, uh, don't you miss him? And they said, well, we have him in our song. It's something along these lines. And they basically, the long and short of it is, he said, the memory is part of the experience. Right? Like the memory is not a separate thing from what happened back then. The memory is how that back then thing kind of continues on. But I feel like we've like that that's a very poetic or romantic way of viewing it. But I think it's true. It's like the the memory is almost like the sacramental of the thing or the mm, the yeah. re the representation of the thing. You know, it's it's not something that's just like a disjointed fragment left over from my you know, my brain's inability to perfectly remember something. But it's like the way I participate in that thing back then. Well, and the danger of it, and this is where I think nostalgia goes wrong, is when you've tried to focus on the cross or on um, the, the suffering that you experience and you don't look for the resurrection. And I think that's where I've sometimes, where I have failed, because I will all my attention will be on the bad stuff that happened. And I don't go towards the great relationship that I had in high school to my, some of my best friends, some of the best guys that I have really ever had the privilege of hanging out with in high school to the great moments in my, uh, my, you know, own youth group or all the cool, you know, and, and just or how great my family was and the yeah. great experience I had in college. And after that, you know, and I think honestly, like part of the reason why I think me and Emily sometimes had a rough time when we were kids was because I was too focused on the pain as opposed to just like, she, I think she just wanted to have her like brother around. And instead I was like, why doesn't this girl, why doesn't she like me? Blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Let me put it this way. I've, I have uh, cried at Emily's arm on more occasions about the same girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Well, but you know what I mean? I think 
Yeah. Sorry. No. But, but this is but, 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 the last part. But, the worst uh, part about that stuff, when you don't focus on the resurrection, is it really denies others the gift of yourself. And that's huge, I, I think. That's really huge. The, uh, yeah, the, I, I think it's false to pretend like the past didn't exist so that you can, you know, oh, just put it behind you, just put it behind you. Mm-hmm. We, we carry our past with us. We carry our fathers with us. We carry our mothers with us. We carry our past with us. And I think that's a beautiful thing, but I think there needs to be a profound healing if all you have is, I don't even think people have Good Fridays. I think people have Holy Saturdays, the darkness of the tomb. Yeah. And yes, they yes. don't know how yep, to roll away. That's a great point. Thank you. You know who made it first? My old friend, Old Ballsy, Hans Urs von Balthasar. Um, oh, I was thinking of the Ratzinger. He's got a great meditation on that. Yeah. But the, this notion of. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, it was affirming. It wasn't an eh. It was a yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Anywho, uh, <laughs> screw that. Here. No, uh, this this very because I think the answer is though the stone is too heavy for you. You know the stone is too heavy for you to roll it away. You need someone to roll away the stone. Whether you're Lazarus in this story and you need people like Jesus says roll away the stone, remove his burial cloths, and other people did that for him, or you're you know kind of in the in the Christ role in this story, and it's like. If you're looking at the stone, you can't roll this away, but God can through you. You that resurrection moment needs to carry you through, but that's, you know, soul the apostolate stuff. The supernatural life is the life of Christ lived in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that involves you thinking about your past. Like how does Christ his death and resurrection work its way into your into your memories? I mean, I remember one, I think it was St. Ignatius of Loyola called it the necessary purification of past memories who was that was it maybe Ooh, it was i like that right maybe it was imitation of christ the necessary purification of past memories and it's this notion that i can become imprisoned by my past unless i confront it with the grace of god today so it's not me longing that my past was different when it was shitty but it's me looking at it objectively and saying all right jesus what do I do with this? And then seeing like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you were being crucified. Even in this moment, you were with me with your crown of thorns. You know, when that guy snubbed me or, or humiliated me in front of a group of people, you were humiliated in front of your own people. You're in front of your own mother. You know, like there is no part of this, call, this thing called my life or my past or my memories that you weren't a part of. Man, I got to write this shit down. I'm going to put this in a talk. No, this is really important, I, I think. I think a lot of people are carrying emotional wounds yeah. and baggage. I really do. Like, you know, because, like, you, you know what's so crazy is there are times that I just had to go, hey, Luke, you were just a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were just miserable teenagers. Like, like in my, like, in my mind, these people have, like, everything together, and they're yeah. just, like, these extremely happy people. But I'm like, dude, you've worked with kids for how long? You know what they were going through. Half of them were probably like hating their lives. Some were probably being abused. Some, you know what I mean? Or something like, you know, like just all this. And like, you know how miserable teenagers are <laughs> for the most part. Uh, <laughs> give them some like leeway, yeah. you know? And, and I think, and those have been like, whenever I've had that, those, those have been profound experiences of grace. This is really important. Yeah. 
You know, it reminds me of that line from Me Without You. If your old man did you wrong, well, maybe his old man did him wrong. Um, yeah. And, and speaking of this, I think this all goes to the theme of identity. And yeah, oh, we're yeah. afraid to get rid of our wounds because either A, we like playing the victim when we think about that. B, we like being angry and thinking vengeful thoughts when we think about that. I remember one time I got over a really embarrassing situation in the cafeteria at Bishop Kelly because I, I, I remember this. This is so weird. This is going to sound gross. But I remember this guy made fun of me. like, And he was a friend. I mean, he was a legit friend of mine. And as guys do, we all pick on each other. But it's usually like a funny, playful picking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. make. I mean, uh, I shouldn't say playful. Like it's, I mean, we, we really tried to one-up each other. But this one guy was just like savage, and he was, it was like mean. It was uncharacteristically mean. And I had no way to come back, and I just and, I, and later that day I felt I felt shitty all day, and later that day I imagined myself taking my full can of soda and smashing it into his face, mm. like like throwing it at his face, not like yeah. beating him to death with it, but like throwing it at his face. And I derived such intense pleasure from that <laughs> uh, that I was like that I literally cured my feeling blue experience you i was got like your revenge in your head i did but how many people do that? like literally saint john baptist or saint um francis de sales talks about that he talks yeah. about how people are like uh you have attachment to sin even though you don't commit the sin and he's like how many people say like oh you know if only it wasn't against god's law to get revenge and i'm like holy shit i like rehearsed it in my head like mm-hmm. Not have not you, killing the guy. Let me clarify this. Just smacking <laughs> him in the forehead with a can of soda. Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? No, I haven't seen it yet. Um, one of the reasons why he won't touch a gun is because at one point in time he did, and without spoiling anything, in his heart he killed the person that he pointed the guns towards, uh, even though he didn't fire it. And he's like, that's why I know like, I, can, I will kill people if I do this, and I don't want to do that. So I'm not going to touch a gun. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of identity, on Friday, May 19th, 2017. Hot you all love that, apparently. <laughs> uh, our friend from Atlanta told us, don't ever call it Hot Atlanta. So now I've only been calling it Hot Atlanta. Hot <laughs> so much humidity, so much heat, um, so much dope beats. Uh, so cold Atlanta. <laughs> Friday, young adult on the theme of high I- heat index, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Roasty toasty Atlanta. <laughs> So anyways, we're going to Atlanta. Yes, we're going to be at Holy Spirit Catholic Church, 4465 Northside Drive, Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to be there, and this is awesome, XLT Atlanta, which is a group uh, brought to you by All Saints Catholic Church, sponsored by the Atlanta Vocations Office, in collaboration with Life Teen, is bringing Catching Foxes out to another (laughs) church. So that everyone can be protected. No, uh, Friday night, we're doing this thing. It's, it's one of their, um, they don't have to do a, I don't think they do a ton of young adult life night or uh, XLPs. They do a bunch of high school ones monthly, and I've spoken at those in the past. I've done two of them in the past. But um, on this Friday, May 19th, uh, we're going to go, we're going to have mass at 6 p.m. at St. Mary's Chapel, located at Holy Spirit Catholic Church. The doors open and confessions are available starting at 6.30, so Luke, go to that. And then the event itself is from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And and this is awesome, okay? So the event is praise and worship with um, 
Sarah Kroger and Ike Ndolo. Ike was on the show, so that's awesome. I'm and, really pumped to actually meet him. I know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. We're going to just nerd out and talk about Game of Thrones the whole time. Uh, and I'm the speaker, so they'll do praise and worship. I'll do a talk. though. I think they're doing adoration after that with praise and worship and stuff. Um, that'll end at 8.30. After that is the social from 8.30 to 10.30, which is essentially like a cocktail hour and such. There's going to be a bonfire with free dinner and drinks. Free dinner and drinks. And... So- we are recording an episode of Catching Foxes right there. They are flying Luke down. This is our first legit event where people are <laughs> flying us and paying us. Wait, we're getting paid? I didn't tell you you're getting paid? No. Luke, you're getting paid. Hot damn. Yeah, you didn't know you're getting paid? <laughs> I had no idea. Oh. I mean, it's a lot less than what I'm getting paid, but because <laughs> I'm the speaker for the event. No, no, no. That's fine. I'm just just happy to be there. Yeah, real. I'm gonna I'm gonna email the guy and be like, Luke said he doesn't want the money. Can I have it? <laughs> Baby, gotta eat. <laughs> That's from a hot Atlanta band called Outcast. Um, yeah. So we're gonna be there. So if you are anywhere in the Atlanta area, Holy Spirit Catholic Church, forty four sixty five Northside Drive. The where area? The hot Atlanta area. Oh, hot Atlanta uh, is what you're talking about. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh-huh. I was confused. Hot Atlanta is where it's at. Get it? Because it's hot Atlanta. Oh, there you Shit, go. Shit, I ruined it. Oh, <laughs> <That was laughs> uh, there, uh, there you go. And the theme yeah. is identity, and I'm literally going to do this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to just regurgitate the last 30 minutes, and that's what we're going to do. We're all going to hug each other. It's not a bad idea. I know, I know. All right, so thank you very much to our Patreon uh, supporters. Yes, thank you, guys. You guys have, after this month, I told Luke, after this month, the money goes. So next month on June 1st, on the 1st is when the credit cards get hit. So if you donate on the day before or the day after, just know, if you donate on May 1st or June 1st, you have 30 days to renege. But please don't, (laughs) please don't, please don't, because we want to get Luke all new recording equipment. And uh, and that's what it's going to take. That whole that whole month of supply. It's going to take about five or six hundred dollars to upgrade Luke's setup. So um, thank you so much for doing it. Uh, you guys have no idea how awesome it is. I was just talking with someone today, and they said, "Do you ever think about monetizing your podcast?" And I said, "In one month, we have four hundred plus dollars from our Patreon." And they were like, "Holy crap, that's unheard of." And I said, "Nah, catching foxes, baby." <laughs> catching foxes you heard uh if you if this is your first time hearing us thank you uh feel free to dive in start with like episodes start with like seven just go from there um <laughs> find us on the facebook at facebook.com slash catching foxes podcast twitter at c foxes podcast i'm at the luke v I'm at I'm at Le Evangelist and the website for the podcast. Oh, it's right. We have a website. Is catchingfoxes.fm. Thank you to the Federated Islands of Micronesia for loaning us their uh, URL thing. The, Aloha. So, yeah. So it's catchingfoxes.fm. And you can find our show notes there, um, our links to our Patreon page. The guests that we have, if if I have time, I'll add all their information in there. So Thank you so much, everyone. Um, and next week, you will probably hear the dudes, the small children from The Crunch, uh, if I can get that up and running. Oh, uh, no, because next week is Mother's Day. We have a special interview that we're doing. Oh, do we? Uh, yes. With Remember? who? No. Uh, with 
my buddy Alex, who uh, who adopted a kid. So we're interviewing a dude. No, we're interviewing her. It's uh, a girl. Her name is Alexandra, but she goes by Alex. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, okay. And okay. you're probably killing her because she's a huge fan, has been since since since, since the beginning. Sorry, oh, Alex. Alex V or whatever. Alex. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh yep. yeah. No, I know who you're talking about. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, I can't wait. Happy Mother's Day. It'll be fun. Do, 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 do